0: Welcome to Talos Takes, the security podcast for everyone from the C-suite to the front lines. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special Kenna 101 episode of Talos Takes. This is going to be a new series. I'm starting with folks from Kenna Security talking about what it is that they do and how they fit into the wider Cisco Secure portfolio. Today, I have on Ed Bellis from Kenna. Thanks for coming on, Ed.
1: Thanks for having me, John.
0: So for starters, real quick, can you just introduce yourself, talk about what your role with Kenna is exactly and your history with the company?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm Ed Bellis. I'm the co-founder and CTO of Kenna Security. So uh, originally, prior to founding uh, Kenna, I was the chief information security officer over at Orbitz, the online travel company. And it was really there that I was kind of living the the day-to-day pain that we are now trying to solve in vulnerability management with Kenna Security.
0: I want to start out by kind of just asking you about the elevator pitch for what Kenna is like if you're meeting somebody for the first time at a conference or something, what's a quick way that you have to introduce the company?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, in the end, companies that come to us are because they have more vulnerabilities than they have people, time, resources, tools to actually fix them. In other words, they can't fix 100 percent of all their vulnerabilities. So then the next question is, is which ones do they focus on? And what Kenna does is we combine a lot of contextual data, not only about the vulnerabilities, but the exploits, the exploitation activity, the assets that that are affecting those uh, and, and the business processes associated with those assets to ultimately give the customer a sense of risk based on the asset or a group of assets and a prescribed almost bang for your buck hit list of how do you reduce risk the most with the least amount of effort?
0: So my first introduction to Kenna was your guys' risk scores that you put together, and we've been featuring them more recently in Talos' blog, so folks who are listening and familiar with our blog might have seen them in there. What exactly does a risk score entail? Like, How do you guys come up with that number, and when somebody sees a risk score in the wild, what are some quick takeaways that they might have to like learn a little bit about that specific vulnerability?
1: Specifically, there's there's a few different types of risk scores that we talk about when we're talking about kind of risk scores. What we're what we've been working on with with the Talos team in terms of specifically around vulnerabilities is we do have a risk score, a zero to one hundred risk score for individual vulnerabilities. And what goes into that is ultimately I want to understand a lot about the severity and, and a lot of the typical things that you see that ultimately make its way into the common vulnerability scoring system via CVSS, where we're looking at a lot of those same submetrics. Is it remote code execution? Is it privilege escalation? Is it information disclosure? Uh, Is it network accessible? All of that sort of stuff. But additionally, what we want to do is look at and understand what is the likelihood of this particular vulnerability being exploited. And what we look at there is a lot of kind of target of opportunity data, right? So uh, are there exploit kits that are available for this? Uh, are they you know, fully weaponized, point, click, and shoot? Is it some sort of proof of concept? What's the difficulty of exploiting this vulnerability? Uh, are we seeing activity in the wild in terms of successful exploitations of that vulnerability? And then more importantly than that is, is not only is it binary yes or no, but what's the volume and velocity, right? Did I see this exploitation happen once last month? Or is it happening 100,000 times an hour or somewhere in between, right? That all, that all matters as well. Do we see malware that's associated with it, et cetera, et cetera? And then we want to understand also, what is the popular, what is the popularity of this vulnerability? In other words, is it truly a target of opportunity, meaning a lot of people actually have this vulnerability open across many, many companies? Uh, Because that ultimately is going to determine that target of opportunity versus targeted attack. And are people actually looking for this vulnerability out there in the wild? So that all goes into that 0 to 100 score. So it's measuring both, I would say, likelihood of exploitation as well as severity of that vulnerability or the impact of the exploitation of that vulnerability. That's the risk score for the vulnerability. But then we also give every asset in your environment a risk score of 0 to 1,000. And so that's really where our our risk scoring is coming into play is to say, look, what is the likelihood of an exploitation event happening to this asset? And then what's the impact to your business if it does happen? And so in that case, we're also taking into context not only the open vulnerabilities on that asset, but how valuable is this asset? What business processes are associated with it? Is it exposed to the internet? What sort of upstream controls do you have? All of these things are really important to understand the risk of that asset. And then finally, we also give you a risk score for any group of assets. And you can group your assets in any way you see fit. And then we're going to give you an overall zero to 1,000 risk score for that group of assets. And that's really where we start to give you that prescribed list of saying, hey, if you want to reduce risk across this environment of all of these assets, here is a a bang for your buck hit list of things you could do to do that.
0: Something else I want to go back to, because I thought it was interesting when you mentioned it, was that, you know, Kenna might be good for someone who wants to address these vulnerabilities in their environment, but maybe don't have the larger team to be able to do that as effectively as they would like. Can you kind of tell me how Kenna fits in with the human work that can go into mitigation and patching Sometimes, uh, because even if you do have a a security team of a few people, let's say, you're going to need the, and we do this at Talos too, with things like machine learning, like the machine learning only works if the security team that's working with it also knows what they're doing. So how do you kind of like envision the human security teams working well with Pena?
1: And to be clear, right, regardless of size of teams and size of orgs, in fact, we publish a lot of joint research with the Scientia Institute around a lot of these stats. It doesn't matter if it's a small SMB or the largest Fortune 10 company in the world with massive security teams on average regardless people are fixing about 15% of their vulnerabilities the top you know the top performers the ones at, at the higher end we see averaging about 30% Mo- almost no one fixes more than 50% of their vulnerabilities it's just a handful of folks out there it's it's a real issue in the fact that there's just way too many vulnerabilities to fix. And we would argue that there's probably plenty of vulnerabilities that you could probably spend your resources, your security resources, reducing risk in somewhere else other than the business than fixing some of these really low risk things. So that said, though, to address kind of your question, customers tend to have two levers uh, to basically tackle this problem of, hey, I have more vulnerabilities than I have resources to fix them. One is through prioritization, and that's a lot of what Kenna is doing, right? So we're using machine learning, using a lot of data that we have at our hands to basically prioritize what are the most risky things for you to address and kind of work your way down. The other is automation, right? So being able to automate through, whether that be through SOAR or through patch management and all of these other things. In fact, that's that earlier uh, research that I referenced, we did a lot around you know, what makes a good vulnerability management program. And one of those, of course, was automation. And the best ones are doing both, right? They're using automation to kind of plow down through a list of vulns to automatically remediate them. And then what's left over, they, they then tend to prioritize based on that risk, right? And we see this all the time with SCCM or patch management tools and things like that. But also, you know, one of the big things that we've learned is auto update is a great, uh, source of remediation for, for vulnerability management, whether, you know, that be through Google, Microsoft or others, we're seeing some vendors that are doing a really good job with that.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time. Ed. is there anything else that you think I missed or, you know, like anything else that you want to make sure Talos folks know about Kenna?
1: Yeah. I mean, in the end it's for us, it's, it's all about making sure that we're using real-world data to understand, like I said, the likelihood of exploitation, an exploitation event within an asset or a group of assets to drive risk down. Of course, this is all with the caveat of saying the data that we're looking at is broadly speaking of things that are happening across the internet. So you're really going to be addressing your targets of opportunity, but organizations also need to think about targeted attacks as well. So you need to know your threat model regardless of all of this uh, and understand that. But if you can do that and you can use both those levers of both prioritization and automation, you'll, you'll be in a much better position than most orgs out there.
0: All right. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Ed, for your time. I appreciate it. I'm going to be having you on again in a couple weeks to talk about patching and mitigation strategies. And as I said, there'll be a couple other Kenneth themed episodes that I have coming out. So uh, keep an eye out for those and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Awesome. Thanks, John.